disciple, you must abide in my word. And the fact is that our bodies are containers, and I'm going to be just, I'm not going to be rumbling out, but I'm, I'm going to say something. Maybe I didn't have planned to say, but I just, just want to share with you my heart. I'm not trying to preach my own sermon, trying to do my own thing. I just want to get in line with what God has been saying. I want to be in line with what God has been saying through Brother Marty. He's been laying the foundation for years, challenging us to, to get into the spiritual truth. A lot of times we think that uh, once we get saved, and now it's, I just got to find a church, go to church, sing some songs, give my tithes, and that's it. But you're missing out on a lot. And that's how far you'll grow as a believer. But I want to challenge you. I want to speak. I don't even want to preach to you. I want to speak. I want to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with your spirit. You follow me? I want to speak to your spirit. Not th I want to speak to your spirit because I believe that God is awakening us in this very hour. There is a shaking that is going on. Everything that we have learned, not that everything is wrong, but a lot of our theology even is being shaken in these very hours. God is doing a new thing. <laughs> I said, God is doing a new thing. And the only ones who will receive what God is doing are, are, is those that are thirsty and that are hungry for more. And I don't know about you, but I am hungry. I am thirsty. I want something more. I know that my Christianity for many years has been going to church and and preaching a sermon, but no, 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 no. There's something greater happening. You see, because I am no longer of this world. I am, I am a spirit man. I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I have a new name that has been stored for me, and I am trying to fulfill a purpose and a destiny that God has created me for. My purpose is to be used of God, and God uses me in different areas, but my destiny is different. And that's, that is what I have set my mind to do, to find out what is God's purpose and destiny for my life. It is interesting that when God called the prophet Jeremiah, incidentally, my name is Jeremy, and it derives from the, from the powerful name of Jeremiah. But he said, Jeremiah, I, have, I knew you even before you were in your mother's womb. I sanctified you. I separated you. It is as if God told Jeremiah, we had a conversation before you were even born. <laughs> now see, that does not fit in our natural mind. But it does fit in your spirit, man, because there's an understanding that for some of you, for so long, there's been an emptiness. And, and the moment you, you, God, you met with God, the moment you got saved... That same moment, you could call him father. You, you don't call somebody a father, somebody you've never known for a long time. But, but there's something in your spirit that bear witness that this was your father, that this was what you were searching for, that this was the very thing that you were looking for. God is, is preparing a people that have an understanding to what God, you know, Jesus came to this earth, and we know that he came with a purpose to come and die on a cross. But that wasn't all his purpose. He came to establish a kingdom. 
He came to do the will of his father, the purpose. He came to play out what the father had purposed already in his heart to do for his son. And the Bible says that even Jesus had to commit his own will. He said, not my will, but thy will. See, that is the struggle that we have today in Christianity within ourselves is, is that struggle. Yes, it's my will, but how do I align my will to God's will? See, as Christians, we want to align God's will to my will, to my purpose, to what I want to know. We have to align ourselves with the word of God. And that's what I believe is happening in these last days. There is a shaking going on. And see, some of you are going through things that you've never gone through before. Some of you are going through family situations. Some of you are going, maybe that child that's hooked on drugs or, 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 that, or that mother or father that has that, that child in a prison or your marriage is in shambles and, and you don't understand what's going on because you love God, you want to serve God, but, but there's a shaking that is going on. But have you ever stopped and pondered that maybe that shaking, that what is happening in your life is that God is wanting to align you with his word? You see, my Bible tells me that God is coming for a mature church. And I want to challenge you to analyze your Christianity. Some of you have been for years. I've been a Christian all my life. But do I have the religion of Jesus or do I have the person of Jesus Christ? Why do we even come to church? See, when you analyze the, the ministry of, of Jesus Christ, it's interesting that the Bible says in the book of Acts that the church began, and there was four things that they did. They said they, they uh, what, what does it say about the apostles? The, they, they, they were built on the, on the doctrine of the apostles. They were in communion. They were in fellowship by the breaking of bread, and they remained in prayer. And the other, the other day as I was analyzing this, the Lord told me this. The doctrine of the apostles was not the doctrine of Paul, but it was the doctrine of Jesus. I'm going to say that again. We're living in a time where there's such an overemphasis. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. In the doctrines that Paul wrote, which are great doctrines that we, 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 we cherish, but it's almost like Jesus has been put to the side. If there was ever a time that we have to study the word of God, is you have to study the gospels and study the life of Jesus. Not just the things that he said, not just the things that he did, but listen to this, the questions that he asked. See, I, I thank God for men like Brother Marty who, who have the guts to ask these questions and, and dig a little deeper, see, because they teach us in theology that you cannot go outside of the frame that we don't know. It's time for us to look beyond what, what the boundaries that men has put to us and have a glimpse of heaven. Isn't that what Jesus said? He says that in the last days the Father is looking for those who worship him in spirit and in truth. In order for you, you know, worshiping in spirit is not, you know, speaking in tongues and you know what I mean? And just hallelujah, that's worship. No, no, no. It's more than that. You can worship in spirit when you have, have, have had a glimpse of heaven. 
of the throne of God, exactly like the way Isaiah, exactly like the way Ezekiel, exactly like the way Daniel and John, as, as they got a glimpse into the throne room of God, they fell, they said, woe to me. They fell, they said, they saw the Lord high and lifted up. And Isaiah would say, I am a man of unclean lips. He didn't say a man, he was a man of, un, of unclean heart. He said, I'm a man of unclean lips. Because for that moment, he pondered the way the worship is going on in heaven and the way we're doing it here. We're far off, my brothers and sisters. A lot of our singing and dancing and shouting and all of this, it's just hoopla. It's just emotion. And believe me, I know about emotion. I love to praise God. I've always been like that. Even before I married my wife, my wife knew that I was nuts for Christ. I'd jump, hallelujah, glory to God. That's just the way I am. But you have to have a glimpse. And see, and I'm going back to, to what I was talking about when we come to church. We think church is just coming, making a program. Uh, we're going to sing a few songs. Uh, we're going to have about two, three testimonies. Then the message will come. The offering will be picked up and then we'll pray and we'll go home. That's not church. <laughs> Got awfully quiet in here. Amen. I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm used to that because that's, that, you know that something's happening. <laughs> Can I talk to you and be real with you more? Or you want me to preach a sermon more? You know, get you like that. Listen. I want to challenge you guys. You know, sometimes, you know, we, we bring the unsaved people to church, and that's good. Continue to do that. But the fact is that you should have enough word inside of you to get them saved before they even come here. See, church has just become a place where I come. It's become a routine, and we have misunderstood, and we have made church something that was, you know, really, you know what church is about? You know, church comes from the word ecclesia, right? Which means it's a gathering. You can have church in a, under a tree. You can have church uh, in a park. You can have church anywhere. We have a homeless ministry at the church. And, man, let me tell you something, man. We've had some of the best services under a bridge. <laughs> surrounded by shacks. Surrounded by drug addiction. Surrounded by demons. But when the presence of God comes and embellishes that place, there's the presence of God is there. And it changes the atmosphere. But really, church should be a place where we gather to strategize how to win the lost. See, if all we have is a concept of church, of just these four walls, then brothers, we, we have to reanalyze everything that we are doing because the reality is that there is there's churches really out there is the people that we're called to go out. We're living in a time where the preacher is elevated and the pastor, the evangelist is elevated and we just do what, no, no, no. The, the body of Christ, the fivefold ministries, right? We have the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the, the apostle, prophet, pastor, the teacher, and what is the other one? And the evangelist, amen? Though, you know, it's not for us to elevate them. No, they are there to impart unto you the saints of God, to equip you, to mature you, so that you can do the work of God. 
See, the work of God that is to be done, whether here in India or in Bishop, is not the responsibility of Pastor Stan. It is your responsibility as you grow. We are here to impart to you, to teach you how God is teaching us, to bring you to a level of maturity. See, you can't be a Christian all your life and never grow. You can't stay stale, you know, but that's how we become. We become stale. We become used to our routine. We become used to our way of living. But I'm here to challenge that and to tell you that if God is truly doing something, something is stirring up inside of you that does not leave you in the same place. And God wants you to come to a spiritual maturity. Who are you in Christ? You're not just a somebody to come and sit here and, and fill the seats up. Oh, wow, we have the biggest church here in India or Bishop or whatever. No, 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 no. But when the sinner comes in, what are they sensing? Are they sensing the love of God? Can a sinner actually sit down in your church and, and feel comfortable and feel that he's not being judged and feel that there's something emanating from the body of Christ's love and, and the preacher is preaching and the preacher don't even know nothing but the preacher is, 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 is preaching to his spirit, to his very heart. See, many people are afraid to minister today outside because of all the, the depression and all the crazy people. This is a perfect time for the church to shine. This is the perfect time to tell the sinner, Jesus loves you. Let me tell you, you'll be surprised that you'll have more receptive people today more than ever before because they've already tried everything. Some have tried religion, some have tried drugs and this and that. But when you give them Jesus, and let me tell you, sometimes the only Bible people will read is what's inside of you. See, do you have something to say? I'm not talking to you about a sermon. No, there's just something inside of you that can change the life of somebody. Do you know that God has placed eternity inside of you? The other day, Pastor Fernando said this so true. He said, do you know that in some of you, it's been deposited the salvation or the very, the, the, the very salvation of somebody else? <laughs> I don't want to be a preacher just to come and, and just to be a preacher and bring you a sermon. That's boring. No, what we need, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. See, we need the proceeding word to come out of this. See, most of us, we think we have the word, and we do, and thank God for the written word. But it's time to understand that what the church needs is a rema word. The rema word is a proceeding word that comes out from inside of you. See, a lot of people have the written word. Isn't that what Jesus told the, the, the Pharisees? He says, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life, but you fail to understand that the scriptures, they speak about me. Hallelujah. I don't want just the written word. As a matter of fact, the written word is already inside of me. The Bible says that when you come to Jesus, the Holy Spirit writes the laws and, and, the, and the word inside of your heart. But let, let it now come and proceed out of you. You see, because when you understand that, you understand that you're, not, you're speaking life into somebody. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's just as simple as, you know what, Jesus loves you. 
See, you, you don't even have to get preaching with people. You know, that's what we get, right? We always want to get preaching, preach to everybody. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sometimes I've started a conversation with somebody, Gabriel, about a basketball game or a, or a basketball team. And by the end of the conversation, I'm talking to him about heaven and about Jesus Christ is coming back again. You see, but I didn't have to just preach to him. Some of my neighbors that I've won for Christ, I've won, I've won my neighbors for Christ. They didn't come just in one night I came and I preached. No, no. Just, hey, how you doing? And after, after that, the next time was, hey, how you doing? How's the family? Oh, good. What do you do for a living? And after four or five conversations, then the conversation of Jesus comes. And you begin to throw a seed, a seed, a seed into fire. He says, man, there's something about you. There's something different. I'm going through this thing. I'm a drug addict. You know, you see me, I'm a family man, but I, I'm dealing with drugs. I'm dealing with pornography. How can I get out of it? Well, I know somebody. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus Christ. See, you don't even got to get preaching with people. You just got to know that there is a word inside of you that can change a life, that can save a person. You know, we need people. We need men and women of God that have something to say. Unless you're comfortable with your sermons. <laughs> Most pastors today just go to sermons.com, right, and get their sermon. You know, I don't even understand preachers that have their agenda already for the whole year. Their messages they're going to preach. Their series they're going to preach. That's crazy, man. We need a fresh rema word. <laughs> I said we need a fresh rema word. Hallelujah. I'm just giving to you as the Spirit has given it to me. What do you have inside? Why do you come to church? Why are you here? See, when you were born, God placed his eternal purposes inside of you. Listen to what I said. God placed his eternal purposes inside of you. See, the church, and I know you know this, and I hope you don't think I'm fussing at anybody or I'm angry. or I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm just preaching to you. I, I feel comfortable. I feel like I'm talking to my family. Is that the way you speak to your family? No, I mean, yeah, yes and no. I mean, you know, I throw some jokes here and there and make her laugh, you know. Been married for 15 years already by the grace of God, man. And You want to know what the key is? Brother, you going to know what the key is of, of this marriage? Yes, baby. Whatever you say. You know that in 15 years, I've never been, I've never been right in 15 years since I've been married. My wife has always been right. I've always been wrong. And I'm going to keep it that way. So what is church? Why, why do we gather? Why are we here? What is your purpose? Why have you been put on earth in such a time like this? Why is everything around seems to be shaking around you? 
you know, something good happens, you know, you take a, a step ahead and then three bad things happen to you just for that good blessing. You know, it seems like that, you know. Why do we feel the attacks we are feeling in our minds? You ever ask yourself those questions? What is my purpose here? And these are things that are in the word of God. Many times we, we see that people, they have knowledge of the things of God. And we can fail to miss the important thing about Christianity, and that is to see Jesus. Isn't that what Paul was possessed with? He says, I strive, I persevere, that I may know Jesus, that I may know him. Not your religion, not your church, not your denomination. You know, a lot of people have their favorite preachers. You know, churches today are like gangs, you know. But no, no, that I may know Jesus, that I may know him. See, we are the body of Christ. You know, the body has different members. There's the hand. See, but there's things that the hand can, you, you can't walk on your hands. See, every single part of your body, in your body, in your human body, was placed there with a purpose. Even the most insignificant things, you know, you would think, you know, ah, I have this little pinky here. What good is that going to do? Well, let me tell you, try walking without a pinky and see how much balance you'll get. And see, and the Lord is teaching us something there. Not all of us are pastors, not all of us, but we all are part of the body of Christ. So you have to understand is what can I add? See, God has given gifts to the body of Christ. And you must know what that gift is and function in it in order to edify the church, not to bring glory to yourself, not for people can see, oh, look at this one. You know, people like the best, you know, the, the, the gifts that, you know, that show wow, that, you know, oh, look at this man, the way he preaches, the way he, he speaks in tongues and prophesies. He's a mighty man of God. And little do you know, that's probably one of the most messed up men in the church. But yet God uses him. Some of you are going to get that one about 2 o'clock in the morning. But God didn't just bring you here just to bring you. God has gifted you with, with gifts to edify the body of Christ. The body of Christ is hurting today. The body of Christ is in, there's division. There's, it's in shambles. We, we, we don't know what we're here. We don't even know why we sing any longer. And, and we think because we sing songs to God, we're good. No, 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 no. Something has to happen. I'm serious. I, I'm serious. I was tempted. I want to preach you. I'm going to round you up. But what good is it going to do if it doesn't change your life? I just simply want to lay ground to you today about these things. For you to think on these things. The body of Christ is hurting today. I find myself as we go to the street with Pastor Joel and, and, and the rest of the people. As we go, there's so many people there that used to be in church, that were once even pastors that were used by God, man, to preach. But now they're in the street. They're hooked on the bottle and drugs. They're, they're, they are, you know, it's, they, they are, they've been hurt by the church. 
See, in the church, we like to fight a lot. If someone doesn't believe my doctrine or believe the way I think about it, we have a problem with them. Well, how do you know that? I used to be like that too. If you didn't believe like I did, I'd just send people to hell. But the Lord has been teaching me that God has gifted. Yes, we may have some differences. Yes, we may have, you know, some person may be a little weird. You go to our church today, man, you see people tatted up. You see people, you see every type of person there. But there's, you can't even tell the difference because there is a glow in those people that something is happening inside of them. See, as a matter of fact, I haven't been called to change people to save people. I've just been called to present Jesus to people. It's up to people what they do. That's why I said you can't get preachy with people many times. Sometimes that's our problem. That's why our kids don't come. We're always preaching to them. Right? Not you guys, but it happens in other churches here in Bishop. But you guys got it down. But, you know, it happens. so many things that are in my heart right now that I want to say. So many things that, that I desire. Lord, what do you want to do in this bishop crusade? Are we just here to have a crusade? Oh, oh man, it was good, man. Brother Marty, Brother Fernando, the worship team, was, it was awesome. Then you go back to living the same way. This is not why we're doing this. We are trying to wake up the church. We're trying to put pressure in the establishment because brothers and sisters, sad to say, we have failed you. We have failed you. But God is doing a new thing. I want that God would incite in you a hunger, that you may a longing, that you may know Him. A longing for eternal things. God says that Ecclesiastes says that He's placed eternity within our heart. It's within our reach. Have we succumbed to this world, to the spirit of this world that has us bowed down, bound by our jobs and, and have to pay the house and, and we're just so busy doing everything and we don't have time to, to seek God, to fight and contend for our faith, for our soul, our very soul, our eternal. See, you know, a, a lot of us, we're Christians, but we are malnourished. Our spirit is malnourished. If you don't feed your spirit, you cannot grow. You will stay stagnant. You will not grow. You will not grow. As the church grows, the ministry will be elevated too. Not the man, but the ministry of God will be elevated as you grow. Sometimes crazy things happen, man. We have church Tuesday prayer, right? Wednesday, Bible study, and Sunday morning. And sometimes we just tell the church, you know what? Tomorrow we're going to have a Bible study on Monday. Don't pressure anybody. <laughs> And uh, we'll take the talk board. Brother Fernando will take it, speak prophetically, and, and just teach the people. Just teach the people. A lot of times as preachers, we become selfish with our revelation, right? And we don't want to share it. We don't want nobody to know how we got it. But no, 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 no. 
well. A true, a true shepherd shares and wants, it, wants to impart to the sheep. Because, because a, a, a shepherd cannot begot sheep. Only sheep can begot sheep. But as a shepherd, I can begot sons and daughters. And we must create an atmosphere where, where it's okay, man. If God uses you and you surpass your pastor, there shouldn't be no jealousy there. There should be joy in that, that you can learn and do more. It's not my anointing. It's not my revelation, and yeah, I'll just give you a tidbit. and bit. And see, that's how the pastors and, and preachers keep their people, you know, hooked on them. If you buy my product, you'll be able to discover a little bit more five keys of how to be a dummy. Um, excuse me, a, a, a wise person. Sorry. Excuse my Spanglish here. But we should have a joy to impart to the people, to give them. If there's any ministers here, preachers of the gospel, give to them what God has given you. Share what God is telling you. If you ain't got nobody to share, then sit down with your wife, sit down with your husband, say, honey, this is, you know, take her out to McDonald's, say you can choose anything from the 99 cents many, but let me impart to you what God is showing me. Don't get too comfortable just coming here to River of Life or House of Mercy and, or, or whatever church you go to. No, no, no. H have some church at home. Gather your kids. G gather husband and wife. Gather your kids. Tell them. Don't, don't give them this little, what Jonah was. No, no, no. Pastor, give them revelation. Look at, we're living the last days. Jesus is coming back. This is how I've, you know, I've had, when I've come through these trials, this is the way the Lord has brought me out. There's been time when mommy and daddy didn't have for the rent, but, but God has supplied. Son, he can supply your need if you just trust him. We need to get back to that. That is church. That is revival. That is a move of God. When you can impart to your children what God has given in you. But if you're not seeking the face of God, if you're not connected to the word of God, you got nothing to give. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, it's okay to shut yourself in a room and invite your kids. Let them see you cry. Let them see you cry out to God. Let them see, Mom, you cry out. It's okay. Invite them to come in, and you'll see that great things would happen. I'm not going to, I'm not ever going to forget, and I know that why I'm saying this, but last year, I, I think it was last year, right when my son turned six years old, I invited them to come, and, and they came to pray with me, and, and we just I said, just pray and open up your mouth, and my older son and my younger son were there, shut up with me, and, and we began began to cry out and we began to pray and all of a sudden that tingling feeling came inside of me and I said son to my youngest I said do you feel that you want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit he looked at me he said dad I do I said son let me explain it to you I sat him down and I said this is what it is he says I want it hallelujah and then all of a sudden me and my older son play hands on my little one and all of a sudden as we began a fire he said came down like from heaven and he began to speak in other tongues I wasn't in a church I wasn't in a camp meeting I was having camp meeting inside a little room in Indio California 120 degrees but the presence of God was there and it filled my son with his Holy Spirit.
Where are the men of God that cry? We don't have crying pulpits anymore. I want you to know there's a generation that is dying. Be selfish and just think about yourself. Well, I made it. Think about your kids. Think about your grandkids. The Bible says that there will be a generation that would reject Jesus. These kids, as, as small as they are, believe it or not, they, more, they are more attentive to the word of God than you think. What are we giving our kids? Yeah, they got their classrooms. What are we doing? Just put them a movie, a Christian movie, right? A Jonah movie, a David movie, right? Bring some snacks and that's it. No, no, no. Give them the word. I'm going to do something. I'm going to tell you something unconventional that we do at our church. And that doesn't mean it works for you. But most of the time, our kids and young people, not, most of the time, 99.9% .9 of the time, you know, that 1%, you know. They're in church and they receive the word. And it's not uncommon to see kids in our church. And when I say our church, I'm not talking about to Ellen. Just want you to see what God does crying out to God with their faces to the floor. Kids being baptized. I remember when my son, seven years old, got baptized on a Wednesday night. When brother Don't tell me there's not a, this word that you preach can, can also reach your young people, can also reach your children. Let me tell you, we need our children. We need our young people on fire for God. If they get on fire for God, our churches will be in revival. They will see. The Bible says that in the last days, in the last days, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. It doesn't mean speaking in tongues. It means they shall preach and declare the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need a move of God. We need a stirring. We always want to say, well, it's not by works. Well, that's, well, you, I understand the word of God. No one can be saved by anything that you do. It's not by works. But after you're saved, the Bible says that you and I are his workmanship. If you don't pray, you ain't going to make it. I don't care how much you think you don't. You need to be in your word, prayer. There's no way around it, preacher. There's no way around it, brother and sister. You got to seek the face of God for yourself. Glory to God, pastor. That was good. Thank you, Jesus. How do I start? Simple. Just start on your knees saying, Lord... Give me hunger. Real simple. Just open up your scripture, Lord. Speak to me. See, a lot of times we, we, we open up the scriptures to see just what we can get out of it. No, let him speak to you. What is prayer? Me just talking to God? No. It's also being quiet and allowing God to speak to your life. As Brother Marty said, I believe he said it yesterday or some other day, he said, a lot of times we're so busy doing the talking, and that's why we don't hear from God because we're the one always talking. We have to learn how to be quiet and learn how to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. 
It starts off with two or three praying on a Tuesday. Whenever you pray and just come and believe in God, don't, don't come because who comes or who doesn't come. You come because there is a need, and God will use you to stir up a community, to stir up a people of God, to seek the face of God. It don't take many. You know, we, you know, we started off like that, five, ten people. Before we even met Brother Marty Martinez, we, we were just seeking God and saying, Lord, we want to touch the world. We want to go, you know, we were talking crazy. You go in our church, you would thought we, would have, we was crazy. And about a year or two later, we're in Honduras talking to over 10,000 people. I've never even spoke to over 100 people. That's a big crowd to meet. Actually, we just got about over, I think, 100 people on Sunday. Biggest crowd we've ever had. People are coming in. <laughs> 10,000 people. <laughs> but little by little, you go to our prayer services, you got 20, 30 people at once crying out to God. But it has to start somewhere. We have ladies, we have women of God who, who labor with us. We have men who don't care. They, they just labor. They labor. They understand what time it is. They understand, they understand that it's time to pray. It is time to seek God. It is time to say, Lord, open up the windows of heaven. It is time to say, Lord, if no one else wants to do it, I'll go. I'll go. Send me, Lord. I'll do it. I believe it. I believe for my community. I believe for this nation. I believe for the world. It takes just one or two people that can agree with the word of God and say, you see, it's time for you not, 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 not to try to follow it. Let the word possess you. Let the word take over your life and say, Lord, I'm not going to fight it anymore. I'm going to believe your word. I got to align myself with what thou sayeth the Lord. Ah. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands all over this place. Let's begin to worship God. Oh, hallelujah. We need a stirring, Lord. We need a shaking, Lord. Oh, God. I probably made a fool out of myself, but God, you know my heart. Oh, God, stir us up, Lord. Say, stir us up. Let there be a cry. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth before the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. 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 